This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Thursday the 7th of April. In your Squiz today, Russia's atrocities trigger more sanctions. The Mungo Man and Mungo Lady will be laid to rest. Tiger Woods makes a return. And a whole new take on wine by Candlelight. This is your Squiz today. International outrage continues to grow over Russia's alleged war crimes as more evidence of widespread killings of civilians in Ukraine by Russian forces comes to light. In response, the West are now talking of more sanctions to be levelled against Russia. Let's start with what the US are proposing. So it's turned up the economic pressure on Russia through a ban on all new investment in the country. So these new sanctions target Vladimir Putin's inner circle, including Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, but also Putin's two daughters. Uh, Now, the Kremlin goes to great lengths to shield their identity. We don't know a whole lot about them, but the US reckons they're hiding some of Putin's assets and that's why they've been targeted. More broadly, there's some more sanctions by the UK against oligarchs and Russian banks. Uh, Broadly, this is about punishing Russia over what the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, described as its deliberate campaign to kill, to torture, to rape and to to commit atrocities in Ukraine. When it comes to sanctions, the one that could really hurt Russia is sanctions on energy, on oil, gas and coal. The problem is that's likely to hurt European countries as well. Yeah, that's right, because Europe relies so heavily on energy imports from Russia. Uh, Europe is singing from the same song sheet as the Americans in terms of the punishment factor. They're just divided over how to do that. Uh, Right now, they're proposing bans on Russian coal, of which the bloc imports about 20% of its overall coal usage from Russia. Uh, And analysts say that's because it's the easiest fuel source to be replaced. More broadly, it imports 35% of its oil and and 40% of its gas from Russia. And Austria's foreign minister, Magnus Brunner, said that the sanctions must not affect us more than Russia. While these talks continue, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has warned that Russia is regrouping for its next attack in eastern and southern Ukraine for what he's calling a crucial phase of the war. It was announced yesterday that Australia will develop long-range hypersonic missiles with the help of our AUKUS partners, the US and the UK. And now we know what China thinks of that plan, Eliza. Yeah, not a whole lot, Larissa. They're not very happy. A Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson, Zhao Lijian, told a daily briefing overnight that AUKUS was an attempt by the West to set up a, quotes, Asia-Pacific version of NATO. And of course, NATO is the Western military alliance between Europe and America. Uh, he likened it to an Anglo-Saxon clique that the other Asia-Pacific countries were opposed to. Now, it's also emerged overnight that two of Australia's top in intelligence chiefs have quietly travelled to Solomon Islands to meet PM Manase Sogavare and raise the Australian government's deep concerns over that proposed security pact it's poised to sign with China. Uh, Sogavare's office issued a statement after that meeting calling it positive and said that they discussed Australia's core security concerns about the agreement. And just to remind you of what that is, it would allow China to deploy troops and police to the Solomons and allow Chinese warships to stop over during naval exercises. Definitely a lot going on in this region when it comes to security. 
As we mentioned yesterday, today's shortcut episode is all about giving you the context and background to the Solomon Islands, especially Australia's peacekeeping relationship over the last couple of years and now where China fits. With this security deal likely to be in the news a fair bit, this episode fills in a bit of the background of one of Australia's regional relationships. Just search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. A decision has been made to rebury the 42,000-year-old remains of Mungo Lady and Mungo Man in the Willandra Lakes region in New South Wales. Getting our history hats on for a moment, Eliza, the remains of Mungo Lady and Mungo Man and 106 others that were removed from the area are the oldest human remains found in Australia. And they're also one of the earliest examples of ceremonial burial in the world. They're an absolutely fascinating story. Uh, between 1960 and 1980, their remains were removed by Aussie researchers without the consent of traditional owners. And after Mungo Lady and Mungo Man were returned home in 1991 and 2017 respectively, they've been kept in storage at Mungo National Park as a group of local Indigenous elders fought for them to be reburied. Now, that site is World Heritage listed and any reburial requires Commonwealth approval. The Minister Susan Lee consulted with an advisory group of local elders last month and she's now signed off on all 108 remains being returned to the earth soon. State Environment and Heritage Minister James Griffin says that while the discovery of Mungo Man and Mungo Lady helped scientists establish that Aboriginal people have been in Australia for more than 42,000 years, it's time to let their spirits rest in peace. Now, to many, a four-day working week sounds pretty ideal. And now the world's largest four-day working week trial is about to begin in the UK, Eliza, so that researchers can really look into it. Yeah, so this trial is going to run from June to December with more than 3,000 employees and 60 businesses. Of course, the pandemic prompted a huge change in the way that we work. Many companies ditched that nine-to-five traditional five-day work week in favour of more flexible work arrangements. And now this trial will examine how a four-day work week could actually be implemented. So full-time employees will receive the same pay for reduced hours, which is a really key point. And researchers will track how that impacts productivity, worker well-being, the environment more broadly, and gender equality. So some pretty serious goals there. Uh, it'll be rolled out across everything from office jobs to the local fish and chip shop. Uh, and similar pilot schemes are set to be launched this year in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland and North America. Very curious about how the fish and chip shop will go operating a, <laughs> operating a four day working week. But, you know, that's what this research is for, to have a look at it all. <laughs> On to sports news now, and many might have wondered if they'd ever see Tiger Woods swing a golf club again after a huge car accident last year nearly saw his leg amputated. But not only is he back on the course, he's competing in the US Masters. Well, this is the only story that you care about if you're a golf fan, because uh, <laughs> the Masters is the tournament. I'm not a golf fan, but even I know that. Um, now, Tiger Woods reckons his swing is fine, but it's the walking around Augusta that'll be the really hard bit. Apparently, it's a challenge the best of times and those beautiful rolling green hills. So uh, it's a lot of walking in one day for a man that, as you mentioned, nearly had the right leg amputated in that car accident. And he was also recovering from back surgery at the time. So his body has been through a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an incredible comeback and we all love a good comeback story. He'll have a lot of support, no doubt. If you're interested, the first pair will tee off at 10 o'clock tonight. 
72 holes, certainly a lot of walking. He believes he can do it. He says he wouldn't compete if he didn't think he could win. Over to France for this last story. We know the French take their wines very seriously. A late frost in the Burgundy region means some farmers are going to some pretty extraordinary lengths to protect their crops. Yeah, so this week grape growers woke to temperatures of about minus five degrees Celsius and that's April, so that sounds pretty cold for mine. Um, But the thawing solution is rows and rows of candles beneath the vines. Uh, (laughs) Last year there was an April frost too and it led to what French government officials described as the greatest agricultural catastrophe of the beginning of the 21st century, which sounds pretty serious. So (laughs) let's hope that this thawing candle solution works. The pictures are really quite something. Rows and rows of these vines with candles beneath them. A whole new spin on wine by candlelight. (laughs) Squiz the day, Eliza, what is something to take note of today? Clive Palmer will be at the press club. Now, he's been crook. Uh, He was unvaccinated. Of course, he's very proud of the fact that he's not been vaccinated against COVID and he got the virus. He got pretty ill and he's back today to talk all things election. Yeah, that's right. He was meant to speak a couple of weeks ago. That'll be at 12pm today. For me, it's World Health Day today. It's the anniversary of the founding of the World Health Organisation, something that's become a big part of all of our lives and news over the last two years. That's all from us today. Have a good Thursday and we will be back with you tomorrow. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today.